Rise Up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ballin' show. And we are back again with another episode of Rise Up Radar. Tonight, we got Mr. Todd Brooks in the hizzy. Todd, how you feeling, brother? Man, Stan, I'm ready to uh, dissect this matchup between the Falcons and the first of two matchups in three weeks against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Isn't it weird how the schedule worked out this year? It was like uh, your all the division games were in clusters. It was like, so you had the Saints within three weeks. Yeah, then you had the Panthers within like three or four, four or five weeks. I think they were shred out, but the Saints were, you know, th- within three weeks. And then the, the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers in the last stretch of the season will be two times in three weeks. So I think that's a we- that's a weird scheduling deal. There it might be a COVID related, but I don't know. I, I doubt if it's COVID related, but it's just to me it would make more sense. You know, like you have some division games earlier in the season. It's almost like you're playing a bunch of exhibition games and you get to the division schedule. Like, I'd rather play at least one or two division opponents in the first eight weeks and then maybe play another two the final eight weeks instead of them all being out there together. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know why. I mean, I do know why, but I don't, like you said, I don't think I like it as good. Um, I like having majority of your division games at the end. You, you know, they, they can decide your season. You know, once you get down to the final stretch of your division opponents, that you could it makes or breaks a playoff run. But yeah, I'd like to have some sprinkled in the beginning as well. So this coming up weekend, it's the Bucks or the Buccaneers versus the Falcons at home. The Falcons are home. This is the last home game of the year. Whether or not players will be checked out in this one, uh, that's I don't know. And I haven't seen it in the NFL in a long time. But, um, you know, that's definitely a possibility. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely some interesting matchups. Uh, there's a lot to dive into in this in this matchup as well. Um, do you have anything interesting to bring to the table? What do you uh, what you see first off? Um, not really. I mean, there's not a lot to me. Like, the running – our rushing offense is not very good anyway, and Tampa Bay leads the league and rush defense so it could be a long day for the falcons as far as running the ball goes yeah so they're so tampa bay is like if you're looking at comparing running attacks tampa bay and the falcons both have a pretty pedestrian running attack so it's they're both 25 and 26 in the league respectively i think the falcons are a little worse they are only averaging like 80 yards 90 yards a game but uh uh, the Bucks deep run defense is the number one in the league. Like that's, um, but what's the, you know, supposed? To, the, whenever ESPN gets a hold of this game or whoever Fox gets a hold of this game, they're gonna you know key in on on uh, Brady versus Ryan, right? So that's gonna be that's mm-hmm. like the marquee deal. But the real the, the real matchup this week is gonna be. The offensive line versus this crazy pass rush. Their pass rush, their they, the Buccaneers' pass rush is legit. They uh, sacked who they played last week. I got it wrote down here. the 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 Bucks sacked the Vikings last week for six sacks, 
And I'm just gonna. I did some. I did some. Some pretty deep dive. Not deep, but I did some research here for um, this pass rush. Check this out, dude. This is for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm gonna read you their four sack leaders. Actually, before we do that, how many sacks do you think the Bucks have this year? We're we're going into week fifteen, so through fourteen weeks. Just take a take a gander. Um. Well, you're hyping them up here, so let me take a guess. Uh, thirty. So they have forty sacks. Forty sacks. Okay. Forty sacks, which is fourth in the league in sacks. So, so listen to this and tell me you wouldn't want to have at least one of these guys on your squad. Jason Pierre-Paul, nine and a half. Shaq Barrett, eight. McDonald Sue, five. And Devin White, the linebacker, five. Well, it sounds like they pretty much have what the Falcons have needed pretty much their entire franchise history, a pass rusher and several pass rushers. Several pass rushers. And so, so comparatively speaking, I went to the Falcons to look up their four top four pass rushers and their sack leader. Just and I'm we're not gonna play a guessing game the whole time, but who do you think is the the uh, the team leader in sacks? Um, I would guess Grady, but he's on the list, but he's not number one. Deion he's Jones, one. your Deion your, Jones, okay, your linebacker is. And you, you know what his number is? Three and a half. Um, three and a half for the year. Yes, he's leading the team with three and a half. Oh, so Steven Steven Means has three. Deion Jones has three and a half. Grady's got three, and Charles Harris has three. So I'm just saying, if comparing the pass rush, and 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 I, because the Chargers didn't get to Matt Ryan. As much in sacks, total sacks, they got two sacks. But I mean, at the end of the game, he was getting pressured, and he threw that ball, you know, threw a pick. So, I, I, the, the Buccaneers are coming. That's what I'm saying. That's the whole reason. Point of that is the the I think the, the Bucks defensive coordinator, I think is Todd Bowles, and uh, I think he watched that game last week and was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna get this guy on the ground." So. All that being said, the interesting matchup I'm definitely looking forward to is, or not looking forward to, but going to watch out for is that offensive line that we thought was solid, solid, and we thought that was playing well that all of a sudden in the last couple weeks has been pretty porous. I'm just saying. So, um, so that that was that was kind of something I looked at too is, um. Another another kind of a, a a stat that let's see the, uh, the Bucks have a you know we've already gone over the um, they're similar in the rushing attack the Falcons rushing and the the Buccaneers rushing and they're also relatively similar in the passing attack Breeze or Breeze wow oh man I get one name wrong every episode. Brady and um, Matt Ryan have similar stats, and the Falcons' passing yards per game is sixth in the league, and then the Bucks are eleventh in the league, just outside of top ten. So, how do you see um, how do you see the Falcons' secondary holding up against Tom Brady? He's looked mortal this year. 
Yeah, I mean, I can see the secondary hold up fine, but I don't know if you're going to be able to get to them. I mean, that's going to be the bigger issue. Right. Um, the secondary, I still think it's played pretty well over the last four, five, six games or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely you've had the emergence of a couple of guys. Yeah. Um, and being opportunistic I, as well, just making tackles yeah. and, and get, making impact plays, forcing fumbles and getting interceptions. But, yeah, I totally agree. We come back to this. Man, we've been talking about this mm, probably about 15 weeks now. Um, no pass rush. I mean, you can't have your 240-pound middle linebacker be your sack leader on your team with three and a half at week 15. So that's – if you're going to – and obviously, too, we've talked about this too, but, like, if we know – if the coaches, staff know that it's not – you don't have talented pass rushers on the squad, which, I mean, you don't. Let's just be real. That you got to obviously be creative in your blitz packages. And I just hope Ulbrick – you know, brings the house and makes this game interesting. But uh, we know how that could go. We we, we definitely know <laughs> how we could go. So, um, this game feels like it could be just in my spirit, just in my my heart, a game that the Falcons could potentially get embarrassed. Like. Not showing up and spotting them 14 points in the first quarter, something crazy, you know, like something like that. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I just I get nervous about I don't know this this game right here is making me nervous. I think it might be a, a big time. I we're not I'm not ready for score predictions yet. We could do it at the end of the episode, but uh, I think the, the I think Tom Brady could eat this game. So, um, but that's pretty much all I have for like matchup wise. But let's. Um, you have anything else for like matchup wise? Like that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, I, think, I don't really have anything in addition to what you said. I think that was pretty good coverage overall. Yeah. So um, there's some uh, some headlines from around the league uh, pertaining to the Falcons that uh, Thomas Dimitrov, your old buddy, um, a good old uh, Thomas, interviewed for the Lions this past week. And so I I know that you you're real pumped about that. I you really rooting for the Lions there. Well, we talked about this before the show, and if Detroit really has any real aspirations of getting better, they need to stay far far away from Thomas Dimitrov. That would be a mistake. I hear the Detroit Lions could really use a safety in the corner. So. Well. <laughs> they they're clutch on the Falcons. I need a little bit of everything, but I'm sure that's pretty well, good first. Yeah, that's yeah. That Thomas Dimitrov would he would trade up to the trade up to the tenth pick and get a a safety or a corner. Um, <laughs> you trade trade all the picks away. We're gonna get this guy from yeah. Um, so that that happened and. Uh, good luck to Thomas Dimitrov for real for like trying to trying to find a job, but I'd stay away from him, man. I don't know. It's just like I don't know. Okay, so like legacy wise, whenever you say you're kind of, you might not count. I'll I'll ask your opinion of this, but we'll we'll ask your opinion and then I'll let and I'll 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 ask you from the viewpoint of just like most like faint, just like a like a general fan. So what do you think Thomas Dimitrov's legacy was with, with the Falcons? Like, what do you think of when you think of Thomas Dimitrov? 
bringing Matt Ryan in the first year when he was the GM. I mean, other than that, I can't think. I mean, I would say either Matt Ryan or Michael Turner, like that first year was probably really the best that he did as a general manager his entire tenure because the rest of it's not really memorable. I, the other thing I would probably say would be Julio Jones. Yeah. 2011. That's not really a move that I necessarily agreed with, but it, I mean, it's worked out, but I don't agree with trading all the depth draft picks for one guy, especially a receiver. I mean, that's the kind of thing you do for a quarterback, but not a receiver. Yeah. And for sure, I, it's worked out. He's all of Famer. He's one of the best. He being, he might be on the Mount Rushmore by the, by the time it's all said and done, but um, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. We've, we've talked about that before of being um, that, that really kind of put the franchise um, draft wise and depth wise back a little bit. But yeah, I think the, for, for me, the, uh, the, whatever I think of Thomas Dimitrov, that's the first thing I think of is in a positive light that I think of the Julio Jones um, trade because that was his big name. I feel like the, the Matt Ryan thing, I'm not saying it was like easy and, and a home run, like off the bat, like, like, like a can't miss Peyton Manning type, but it was, it was a good pick. You know, I think it was number two overall, right? Three. Uh, correctly. It was either two or three. Cause right. It was like an offensive one. That was coming off the Bobby Petrino year. Right. And I think the Falcons only won three games all year. Like yeah. they were either, they either won two or three games a year. Well, the Falcons this year could, could, could hold tight at, at four and uh, and and uh, join illustrious company of four wins a seat in a season. So, um, oh, and I think they will. But they will win these. You don't think they'll jump they up? Come- All right. So you don't think they'll jump up and uh, and get Tampa Bay in one of these seats? And or is is Kansas City going to rest players? I mean, Kansas City could rest players. I mean, that's because they have already won the division title. I mean, they're already done as far as that's concerned. But they could be looking for that first round buy, right? The Steelers. Yeah, that's what they want. I mean, you know, if you you only have to, uh, there's only one buy now, right? In each league, you only get the the first seed, right? That's it. But um, no, I don't think they're going to jump up and bite. I don't think Tampa Bay's going to like let the let the Falcons beat them. I don't think they're going to come up and jump and bite Tampa Bay by any means because. Tampa is probably the worst matchup of any team in the division against the Falcons. That might be old. You know, that might be like you said before, they're a 2013 all-star team, but you know, they <laughs> yeah. still think they're a terrible matchup for the Falcons. I just don't see that happening. No. And then you have to remember Tampa Bay still needs to win because they're not assured to play off birth yet. I mean, they, they, right. they probably will make it, but they're, they're still right there in the middle of the pack. So I think they're eight and eight and five. Is that something somewhere yeah, around there? Eight, yeah. Eight and five sounds right. Yeah. So um yeah. I I think uh I think it's exactly right what you're saying that 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 the what Tampa Bay does well, the Falcons stink at. And so right. that's like like it's a recipe. That's a recipe for this to be an ugly game, bro. Like I've got it, and I don't usually get these feelings, but I got I got a feeling this might be an ugly one, bro. Like I don't know. Um, okay, so back to uh, the other headline I had was Lewis Reddick. I got his name right because I wrote it down this time. Lewis Reddick interviewed uh, is I think scheduled to interview the Texans either to either. 
interviewed today or is going to do it tomorrow. No, sometime this week. He's scheduled sometimes this week to meet with the interview, not just meet, but interview with the Texans and uh, interview with the Lions as well. So it sounds like the Lions are using their uh, Delta fly miles to come on in. And, well, I guess I doubt they're meeting in public in person, but um, the Lions are uh, putting the feelers out as much as they can. Right. Well, it's good to be aggressive. I mean, I, I, you know, we have heard some rumors about the Falcons and I like both people that I heard about, but I, Lewis Reddick was the number one guy on my board. I think he was the number one guy on your board when we discussed this, when we were looking for a general manager candidate. And I haven't heard him connected with the Falcons other than some rumors, you know, that were, you know, how nice would this look like we talked about before. Um, it was like a Twitter post by somebody. Right. And I had him. And, and he liked he, it. And he, yeah, and he, he liked it. And he liked the post. Yeah, that was sick. Um, yeah. But really, I haven't seen anything else that connected him with the job, and, and I'm kind of disappointed by that. I don't have the th- – okay, so you know how we've got those reports of, like, you know, Dimitrov meeting with – interviewing with the Lions and Lewis Reddick interviewing with the Texas – the Falcons – other than that, the guy from the Saints have they have been reported to have an interview? I didn't see anything recently. Uh, the guy from, or guy from the Saints. Oh, I, you reported it, but um. yeah, it was it. That was the first. So that was actually an interview. That okay. that actually happened. Now the other, there was a rumor that suggested that Kansas City's former general manager. That's one we talked about last uh, on last Friday's show. Mm-hmm. Their former general manager was connected with the Falcons general manager opening. Arthur Blank was strongly interested in him and wanted to bring Eric Benemini in as head coach to follow him along. He kind of followed that as a package deal. Right, uh, yeah. There you go. Run, go the uh, the Patriots route with uh, we've talked yeah. about before of Castillo or and then uh, Chase Daniels. What's the guy's name? The head coach. Okay, so it's it's Nick Casario and Josh Daniels. Yeah. Man, I butchered both of those names. Um yeah, that uh, I would I would like to the, the Falcons like uh, to be aggressive, and I would like them to interview a lot of people. But um, and obviously, to general managers, a weird one to even talk about because it's a lot of stuff you just don't see. With the head coach, you can kind of see their personality. They talk to the media a lot, and they're on the sidelines a bunch. But um, getting a first time general manager is always a little scary. But um, yeah, I'm ready for a total let's get young and let's get, get exciting, you know, and, and, and go, I don't, I don't know about like analytics, but you know, but like go and evolve with the league, you know? So. Yeah, for sure. Um, the head coach. So Joe is now, I know we had talked about Joe Brady for your that was your pick at head coach. Have you heard any rumblings that he's been getting any looks in in any at any job? And I'm I'm not sure you're not following Joe Brady on Twitter and stalking him, but have you heard any rumblings across the league from that? Actually, I was listening to Six Eighty the Fan yesterday, and uh, there was I don't remember which show it was. I don't listen to Six Eighty the Fan that often, but on one of the shows, it was in the afternoon. I started talking about Joe Brady you know, possibly being a candidate for the Falcons job. 
And there was a guy who was on there that knew Joe Brady very well, and he said that he thought Joe Brady was not ready yet. He thought that he needed about two or three more years. I'm still all in on Joe Brady. Right, yeah. But this guy, this guy said that he thought he needed two or three more years to develop. Yeah, I okay. think the time is now. He said that he said that Joe Brady really wanted to be in the NFL. He wouldn't be interested in a college job. There may be some colleges that may want to hire him this year. You know, there's a few openings already. Auburn fired their head coach over the weekend. Yep. Um, so that's a big open. It's probably the biggest job that's available right now. Um, you have, I mean, Vanderbilt filled their opening this week, but nobody wants one of that job. You know, you just kind of get what you can get. Yo, um, that Vandy job for real. I don't think that Vandy I, job is rough. It's tough, man. I don't, and I can't think of a, the last person that was successful at Vandy. Oh, James Franklin was successful there. James Franklin's Penn State's coach now. When he was at Vandy, he had Vandy winning eight games a year, and, and that's unheard of there. I mean, eight games is like, that's top flight. That's yeah, top flight for, for Vandy. <laughs> yeah. yeah um... <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, now, we're talking about talking about head coaching availability in college ranks. I know we're kind of just getting a little sidetrack here, but it doesn't matter because it kind of does retain pertain to the Falcons that um the the, the um are you I referring think, to Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn's name came open uh Dan Quinn's name came up in connection with the Auburn job. Is that what it was? I was looking it up. I was it I remember seeing it, but it was with I think it might have been OC even though. Yeah, it wasn't even – that wasn't the only job I heard his name come open for. There was one out in the Pac-12 that I heard his name mentioned for, too. I just can't remember which one it was. It wasn't Arizona. It was, it, yeah, it was Arizona. Arizona, was yeah. Arizona. Yeah, yeah. His name That's came up for the Arizona job, and his name came up for the Auburn job. Yo, but Auburn is throwing – I mean, Auburn is open. The, the amount of names they've got on their like list of, hey, we're cool with this guy – is uh Mario Cristobal, Hugh Freeze, yeah, Dan Quinn, Billy Napier, Scott Satterfield, Brent uh Venables, Tony Elliott, Bill O'Brien, and Mike Gundy. I mean, Auburn's oh. like, come on, baby, let's pick, get. but that's a that's a good job, though. I mean, not to get sidetracked, we, we could stop here, but like, that's a good job. This. Yeah, it is a good job. There are a couple of names on that list I don't think are particularly realistic. Brent Venables would be one. He seems very happy being an assistant at Clemson. He loves the town. His kids go to school there. I just – I don't see that happening. And he's getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good luck to Dan Quinn. Um, hope You know, hopefully he lands on his feet and gets him uh, a job that he can be fast and physical at. And um, they, they can go right into the sunset. But this game right here, this okay. So the Chargers game, back. To, I know we're not going to do any more review, but like, I someone said something on the radio. I think this week it was like the ghost of Dan Quinn is still haunting the Falcons, and I don't know how to put your finger on it. I know we've talked about the ghost of uh, Kyle Shanahan haunting the Falcons because they've asked other grown-ups, other offensive heck OCs to step in and run someone else's system, which is uh, back to, again, another thing we've we've talked about is unheard of. The Falcons are doing things that are not industry standards, you know, like having a couple people play call defense, but 
asking another offensive coordinator to run someone else's scheme is I've never heard of that before. But um oh man, I lost my train of thought. I am so sorry. Um what was I talking about? This is embarrassing. Um go back to the offensive coordinator. Um how what Dirk Cutter is gone, right? Like there's no unequivocally no, no yeah, he's, even he's, there's he's no gone. I mean he's gone. Not even like a well, I think we could we can salvage something was amiss that he's gone. It's clean house. Everybody's gone, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody comes back, but Dirk Cutter definitely. I mean, he's blamed for several of the Falcons' issues right now. I just – I don't see him. We've tried twice with Dirk Cutter. It's, for the most part, been an utter fail. Um, I don't see him being retained. I mean, Dirk Cutter might even be of the mind where he might have trouble even finding another NFL job as an offensive coordinator. I, I agree. I agree with that. That I think he's he's wet the bed so bad in this second time around in Atlanta that I think he'll have people look um, twice about whether or not he's competent in that role. But what I was saying earlier, I remember now that because you know Dan Quinn had a reputation of you know undisciplined play slash you know blowing games. Has has Raheem Morris? Is he, is he starting to get that tag in his young head coaching career? I guess with the Falcons and with Tampa Bay as well. I mean, does this does this team does this year look bad on Raheem or good on Raheem? That's where I was going with all that talking. Sorry. I think overall it looks good for Raheem because the Falcons didn't win any games under Dan Quinn. I mean, at least Raheem Morris was able to get the Falcons winning a little bit. Their attitude looks different. I mean, and they've been competitive in these games. They. Uh, had leads in several of them. The only games where I thought they really looked bad with Raheem Morris in charge was both games against New Orleans. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that was a pretty poor job. But the rest of I, – I have good things to say about Raheem Morris for the most part. I don't want to keep him, but I, I thought he did a good job at least rejuvenating the team. Yeah, okay. That's 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 definitely a good point. That I was thinking, you know, you get so, like, enthralled and like, oh my gosh, they blew another lead. Like, is this bad on Raheem? Is he is he hurting his chances? But taking it back, like a 30,000 foot view, like the same, but man, they literally won no games with Dan Quinn. And like, they like, no. And so he got him at 4-4 right now. I mean, since he's taking it over. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, I mean, Raheem Moore says it can't be there in the backfield when Matt Ryan throws an interception or, or anything like that either. I mean, you know, that's just like a very unfortunate thing that that happened to force the Falcons to lose that game. But but I, I thought he's made some good calls. I mean, we've looked a lot better, a lot stronger with him in charge versus what we We just looked dead in the water with Dan Quinn in charge. We just didn't have a pulse. Yeah, lame duck would be a real, a real good description. It's just it was it's it's crazy the stark difference. The attitude, you just said it. The attitude it look is looks different. Uh, the grittiness there was one game i can't remember who they were playing but they got s- six turnovers ridiculous they were flying to the ball so i think they actually lost that game as well but um but yeah they've their attitude looks different and their takeaways you know they've you know they're they're starting to get takeaways uh you know what the falcons rank is um in sacks just take a guess of what it is like I would, I, I guess near the bottom of the league, probably the. Um, actually, I think I saw this. I thought they were like thirty first in the league in sacks. 
Well, that might be an old stat. I just looked it up tonight, and they are number 19. 19. They're number 19. So they have got 25 total sacks for the year. Hmm. That's how poor this pass rush is. So the Bucks have 40 sacks through 15 weeks, and the Falcons have 25. And their highest, your biggest, uh, your the most sacks on your team is Deion Jones. And, you know, he's not exactly your pass rush specialist there. Um, I saw a, I don't know who, I, it was the NFL Network had a mock draft this this week, like literally yesterday or a couple of days ago, that the Falcons at number seven, picking seven, pick, uh, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. His last name is Chase On from LSU for the, in the, with the seventh pick of the draft. What position? Wide receiver. That Lamar was it Lamar or is uh, Oh Jamar Chase. That's who you're, Jamar, you're talking oh, about. Oh Chase on Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase. Yeah. Yeah, because see he opted out for the season. Like he was supposed to, he was like their top receiver and he was coming back. He's the receiver that burned, burned um, AJ Terrell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all making sense now, but I saw that and was like we have better not take no wide receiver in the first in top you know top ten pick is seven. Well, pick, we have unless not you're planning on getting rid of Julio, I mean, and it's possible you are. I mean, if you're planning on getting rid of Julio, he probably would command a first round pick. So you'll probably get it right back. Yeah, that'd be my thinking. You know, you could go get a younger, star studded receiver, and then you could trade Julio and get another first round pick, and then get your pass rusher. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I okay. You've you've you know, I saw that mock draft and I was like ready to throw my phone out the window. It was like a wide receiver of all the needs. We pick wide receiver, but that would make sense if you had plans in the future to trade Julio. So, like, what are the odds that you know? Okay, we'll take back to the general manager thing. Like, we're gonna we can, I'll ask you this through the eyes of what Todd Brooks would do and for the betterment of the Falcons, or what you think is in realistically going to happen. Do you think the general manager honestly is going to come in here and say, hey, look, we have these two high money skill position players. We need to get them off the books. We need to trade them and we need to move them. I think it's very possible that a new general manager would. I would just because the Falcons don't have any flexibility to do anything with the salary cap at all. We're talking about team improvement, you're going to have to move some salaries off the book to be able to do that. Like, I, you're not going to be able to do anything with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones sitting there and trying to bring other guys in. There's no way to improve the team. You're just going to be doing the status quo. You, you need to do something outside the box in order to be able to improve the team. It's going to have to be trading one or both of those star study players. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like I don't know. I sometimes I get to the feeling of there's no way they're going to trade Matt Ryan because he has you know, such a household name. But then you then you start thinking of like what this team needs to like move forward because right now they're just you know treading you know treading water or even going backwards. You know they haven't made the playoffs in three straight years, so it's not been pretty. I mean, you can't hang your hat on past seasons when. You know the 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 show the what have you done for me lately? 
is not pretty. So something drastic has to change. And I think, I hope that the new general manager doesn't take an extreme approach, but I hope he takes an aggressive approach of, of, of building this team, you know, like in, in a, in a, in a, in a responsible way, but I hope that they, you know, it's, there's some urgency to get this thing straightened out now, you know? So, um, so this matchup coming up for the Bucks. How do you see this matchup going? How do you what 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 does this game look like if the if the Falcons were to win? Like how could the Falcons beat the Buccaneers? I think the Falcons could beat the Buccaneers if they come in with a good attitude after you know really losing the last two weeks, not looking good against New Orleans and just blowing the game against the Chargers. Um, it's gonna be tough though because. The offense against that defense, I, I don't really like that matchup in particular. A running game is poor against poor defenses. It's not going to be able to generate anything against Tampa Bay's defense. So if the Falcons can establish the run, somehow they'll have a chance against Tampa Bay, but I, I don't think that's likely to happen. Okay, so you say if the Falcons were to win, it would look like they come in with a rejuvenated attitude, play you know fast and physical, and um, get the running game going. Is or at least have some success on the ground. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Um. So I am with you on the in the area of something they haven't done good, done well all year needs to come alive. But I am uh, if the Falcons are going to come in here and beat the Bucks at home, get some home field. Some home cooking and some home field juice, which they haven't had this week, this year. They've had a, not a very good record at home. They don't have a very good record overall, but they have. They're going to have to get to Brady. I think their pass rush needs to affect Tom Brady enough to him for Tom Brady to throw some picks, and they're going to win this game by turnovers because it could be a low-scoring affair and be opportunistic if they if they keep this thing down. To 17-14, that's I think that's you know kind of how the Falcons can can win this game. Uh, one avenue, so that's not the only way they can happen. Heck, Matt Ryan could come out being matter and you know matter and a hornet how bad he played and throw for you know six hundred yards, have him have a Madden game and that could happen. But um, hey, is who have you is Julio going to play? Are they going to shut him down? I don't know. I, I I would think it's likely they're going to shut him down because I don't think the Falcons. You know, they know they don't have anything to play for. I wouldn't play him. I wouldn't play him. Uh, I would keep him fresh for that trade that we've been talking about. Right. Uh, unless you're trying to you know showcase his talent. But I think. Uh, yeah, but if you risk uh, something, if you risk an injury, and let's say he tears an ACL or something, then you're no. going to hurt any chances of. That just made my heart that made my heart sink right there. And I was being funny about showcasing his talent. His eleven year career really pretty pretty does pretty good at showcasing his talent. So yeah. um yeah, that yeah, Tim tearing ACL would be like just a heartbreaking it's like, well, there goes that. So all right, Todd, I think it's about time for the old uh the old score prediction. All right, so I actually got the number of points the Falcons were going to score right last week. I said they were going to score 17. I think I had 
San Diego winning 31 to 17. So Falcons did their 17. But, yeah, uh, I got it yeah, wrong. Got 24. Yeah. I went I went 17. I went 20 to 17. I went I think I went 21 to 17 Falcons winning. So I I was close. Uh but not. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're kind of a homer too. You always pick the Falcons to win. Uh, I don't. Know. I don't remember many times you picking the Falcons. Oh, I've been, I've been mad. I've been mad and been like, no, the Falcons are going to get smashed, and they come up and win the game. And so I, you know, yeah, I, I'm so emotional. I'm so emotional. It's be interesting to see what you're going to pick today. But I'll go ahead and do my pick. So um, I, I think the defense Tampa Bay is just going to be too hard for the Falcons to overcome. I don't have any faith that we can win the turnover battle against anybody. Uh, Matt Ryan's become Mr. Give It Away. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Tampa Bay 31, Falcons 10. 31 to 10, Todd. Yeah. All right. So I don't know. Okay. 31 10. Falcons winning. Is that what you said? Uh, no. Tampa Bay winning. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I got gotcha, you. Gotcha. I say Falcons. I didn't say Falcons. <laughs> I, was, I, was giving, I was giving you an out. I thought you misspoke. All right. The, uh, Tampa Bay thirty-one to ten, bro. Okay, so I don't. I don't know if I slept on the bed wrong or whatever, but I am an emotional Falcons fan as well. But that game, you know, they had that game in hand last week, and they couldn't execute. And that could go either way. That could go of of we got embarrassed, let's let's do better or let's hang our head and have a pity party. But I think this Tampa Bay team is trying to round into form for playoff football. And I think it's too much for the Falcons. I'm gonna say that now that I think there's gonna be a lot of field goals in this game for the Falcons. Um so I'm gonna pick like um, well, the, I had 12 points for the Falcons in my head, honestly, but I'm going to bump them up a little bit because I think I was going to be, a, I, I for real think young way gets four four field goals, if not five. So I'm going to go, um, yeah, I'm going all field goals and I'm going to get this totally wrong. When I go extreme like this, I always get it so wrong. I, you hear me just being scared of like pulling the trigger here. All right. So I'm going to go, let's see, four field goals plus a touchdown. What's that? Four plus seven. Not a, not no, a no, no. 12, 12, <laughs> 12 plus seven is 19 points. I said, mm-hmm. dude, that's such a weird number. All yeah. right. Okay. It so, is, but it happens. It doesn't happen though. Well, it's Dan. Here, here's the deal as you're picking your score. I don't think you have to look any further than how the Falcons performed against New Orleans. You saw that they struggled in both of those games against an elite-level defense. They're going to do the same thing against Tampa's defense. I, I see no way that's going to determine – the result's not going to be any different. Tampa may actually score more points than New Orleans did because they have a better quarterback than what the Falcons face in Taysom Hill. But I, I just don't think the Falcons are able to score against them. I, I think that's the bottom line. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just do it like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Falcons a little leeway. I'm gonna go twenty-eight to seventeen. Falcons. Okay. Oh no, no, not Falcons. Sorry, twenty-eight seventeen yeah. bucks. Yeah, not Falcons. Falcons. Yeah. I don't think have anything left in the in the juice, man. They're they're done. 
I something in the tank. You know, they might be. Yeah, they might be cooked, but I I hope they you know come out and give us something entertaining and play better. Maybe they get a pick or two or something. Um, but I don't see. I think I think that run defense and I think that defense in general is just going to be too much, man. I think this is a, a legit pa- playoff playoff defense, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna run into a wall there with that. I think so. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. You got anything else you want to add tonight? No, nothing else. Season's coming to an end soon. The season's coming into the end soon, and uh, we will crown a uh, score prediction winner in the, in the coming weeks. And um, it's coming to an end, and we're going to get a high draft pick. The change is coming for this franchise. It's going to be positive. We're going to get some new blood in here, both in general manager and in the head coach. Possibly make some some major changes in the franchise as well, and uh, so there's stuff to look forward to, Falcons fan. Don't hang your hat, dude. They are they are getting cutthroat in these forums that I'm in. I'm in like Facebook groups, and they are like yelling at each other because they're so oh, yeah. much tur- so much turmoil and constantly, yeah, constant, all that. Just oh, so um, and I stay out of it. I sometimes I do serve the pot a little bit, but uh, yeah. It's positivity coming, guys. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, just uh, I want you to be optimistic in the Falcons, this franchise. You're not the Jets. We're not the Browns. Well, the Browns. You know, we're not a, a perpetual bottom feeder. Well, the Browns are going to the playoffs this year, so I, I want to be I the Browns. Totally, I totally, yeah. Browns I totally, are going to the playoffs. Yeah, so <laughs> I pulled that one back. But, yeah, so uh, you're not the Lions. The point is, is that there's going to be more – the point is, there's more good stuff to talk about once the season's over than there is currently. Right now, we seem like we're just in the dumps, but there's going to be lots of good stuff to talk about once the season's over because you're going to have a GM, you're going to have a new coach. There'll be plenty of stuff to talk about. That's what I'm talking about, Todd. Coming in with a two piece for some positivity. If you like what you heard tonight, fellas, go ahead and like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts these days. And uh, until next time, Falcons fans, rise up. <laughs>